disability is coming to get you. I'm just joking. I'm just joking in that not joking kind of way. But also, yes. But anyone can become disabled at any moment. Disability does not discriminate while everybody else is out here discriminated against disability. But I think this is also what makes people afraid. They don't want to have to think about it. They don't want to have to see themselves in us. They don't want to have to think about how this could happen to them. Today, we're talking about disabled and a burden to society. We really want to dive into, one, the fact that a lot of people do feel this way, especially as disabled folks. Mm-hmm. But also, sometimes. why do we yeah. feel this way? It don't come from nowhere. Mm. But I thought about this topic quite some time ago when one of my Facebook friends posted about how I think they are friends with a lady who's wheelchair bound. Mm-hmm. And there was something that the lady in the wheelchair needed. And my Facebook friend is like, I don't understand why she won't just ask so and so to get it. And she's talking about how she feels like she's a burden and doesn't want to be too much trouble to people. And my Facebook friend is like, I don't understand why she feels this way. And I don't know what to do to help her. And I'm just like, okay, we need a podcast episode because, <laughs> wow, it is so disturbing to me how society acts one way, but they do not consciously think about their behavior and do not understand the messages that they send with their behavior. Because most people are not out here saying that disabled people are a burden on society. Nobody is saying that explicitly, but you don't have to. The way that people behave toward us when we need help, the way that people are so disdainful when you need additional help, we're going to be sharing some stories. Mm -hmm. Or You'll never see it more, probably, than when you see an article about some piece of accessible technology, like a car seat with an alarm on it so that you can't forget that your baby's in the back seat, or diapers that change colors when the baby relieves itself. Stuff like this. And then people are like, what kind of mother are you? What kind of parent? And it's like, that's the type of shit that makes people feel like they're burdened because there are people with memory issues who have children. They may not have had them before they had kids or they may have. There are people who don't have a sense of smell. There are people who have other disabilities that may impact their ability to smell or they get sensory overload. And so there are things they might do for that. So with stuff like this, people just see a headline or just hear how a person needs X and automatically they assume you're being lazy and, oh, we we about to unpack it today. I do want to say something on that because I've been that person too, right? I've been that person who's been like, are you serious? How could you forget your baby in the the back? Like you ain't know you came with a baby or anything. I've said that. And I will say the reason my first thought was, oh, these people are just being lazy or or forgetful is because they don't lead with the fact that this is going to help people with disabilities. Because as you said a gazillion times before, we're either hyper visible or invisible. So because of that, they don't say, hey, this was, you know, new device out to help parents with memory issues. Right. But but Olivia, you understand that people are going to feel some type of way about, of course, people with memory issues, disabilities, having children in general. Oh, yeah. And people do. We've talked about that. If you didn't hear our episode, two episodes on discrimination that disabled parents face. Right, right, right. And yes, I do agree with that. But I'm just saying disability is not at the forefront of people's minds. It is able-bodied, sighted. It's just able-bodied privilege. Yeah. Able-bodied, sighted privilege. And so because that is the default setting, at least for me, and I had to, you know, re-educate myself and (laughs) get rid of internalized ableism. Uh, that's an ongoing process. For me, that's where that stemmed from. Not making an excuse. I'm just saying, I realize now. I have had that response as well. And I mean, this goes back to the episode where we were talking about how people who work against their own interests. We are raised in this fucked up society that will say everybody is equal and make it very clear that we are not. The fact that people see a headline whether they are disabled like you and me or not, and they automatically go to people are lazy is a fucking problem. Why do you think more about lazy people than the people who legitimately need help? We need to change that, y'all. We got to unpack that. I agree with that. 
There are two different sides to this issue where people treat us like a burden, where they act like we are invisible. Uh-huh. And you would think, okay, well, how does that make you feel like a, a burden? It makes us feel like a burden because now not only do I need to ask for help, I got to super break this shit down for you to make it worthwhile for you to decide to help me. And I'm talking about in all sorts of places, public accommodations, medical facilities, working with medical facilities will blow your fucking mind as if you do it as a disabled person. <laughs> Trying to do that intake paperwork and trying to get people to accessible rooms and oh no. Okay, anyway. The saddest part is when you get the least accommodation, you get so excited. You're like, oh my God, they have this available on an alternative format. You do get so excited. You're like, oh my God, thank you. It's kind of like getting crumbs and thinking it's a feast. You're Mm -hmm. like, this little bit is a lot because normally it's nothing. And that's so sad. Yeah. The other side to this is where people acknowledge us, but they treat us like a chore. Mm-hmm. Oh, child. Ooh, family, yes. especially family. Especially family. Family oh, is, is the, the worst. worst. I'm going to give a personal anecdote. I'll just say this here. is this episode. We're going to be doing the stories, y'all. We are like I was explaining to my mom and my one of my sisters about how like when you are a person with a disability, you have to essentially make it damn near impossible for people to tell you no. If especially, for example, as a person who cannot drive, if I want to go across town or even 10 minutes away and it'll just be easier to go with someone or whatever, hell, even if we live in the same fucking house. You have to bribe these people. They don't think you do because in their heads, they're always willing to help. But if you ask somebody to do something and they're like, yeah, sure. Or when do you want to go? Like you can hear the tiredness in their voice or I don't really want to go anywhere. Like you already know you're like me personally. I automatically feel like, oh, shit. So I personally try to bribe them. Hey, if you take me to X, I'll give you Y, whether that's gas money or food or something. I want to incentivize you to do it without an attitude. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, this belief that people just going to be helpful out of the kindness of their hearts. Uh Those people exist. Okay. Yes. I think I got quite a lot of them in my life right now. And I am just so happy happy about that. But I'm going to say this is one of the first times in my life I think I've had so many people who have said to me, hey, if you need anything, let me know. And they actually fucking mean it because, man, I've had people say that I've encountered the opposite recently. But fortunately, she's not the majority in my life. But I've Mm -hmm. encountered that before where people just say that shit to be nice. Yeah. And they they pity you, but they're not actually going to help you because I've had several times I had this lady. She was my neighbor. I don't know if she still lives in this area or not, but I was texting her and she did help me twice. And then there were like three or four times after that, I asked for help with something. And every time the answer was no, 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 no. And I just I wanted to tell her, I'm like, OK, is the offer off the table? Because if it is, I'm not going to reach out to you anymore. And it's not like. I was only reaching out to her for help. Otherwise, it was crickets. It was not like that because I was reaching out for help on the same days. And then sometimes I I was like, okay, maybe not on Thursdays or something. Answer was still no. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. Don't don't say that shit to me. And that's the type of stuff like people say it to be nice, but they're actually not being nice because they will not show up for you. They won't. And listen, are people allowed to tell people with disabilities? No. Yes, Yes, you are. You don't owe us anything. You don't. And I will say because no is a complete sentence. For example, let's take the disability out of it. If your friend says, hey, can you help me move? And you don't want to or don't feel like it or just can't. No is a complete sentence. That aside, when you extend that offer of assistance to a person with a disability and say, hey, if ever you need something, let me know. And then they take you up on that. And all you ever say is no. How then is someone to interpret that? Because to me, that's saying, yeah, you said it at the time because nothing was required of you. But now that I'm asking, and it's always a no, to me, then you're not available. Yeah. 
I don't like that. I guess don't say that to people who legit need some fucking help. How about that? If you feel like that's the nice thing to do, don't say that stuff to people who gonna need some help. Because if somebody says that to me, I always tell people now. Do you mean that? Do you really mean that? Because I'm gonna hold you to that. Mm -hmm. Like we gonna find out real quick whether you mean that shit or not. I don't say that part to them. But I do say that I'm gonna hold them to that. When people have said that to me in the past, I just automatically assume they don't mean it. Because it's been my experience that they don't mean it. Yeah. I like your way better. You offered a verbal contract. I'm accepting this verbal contract. We're going to test it out. Oh, and I do. When someone says that to me, somebody can think one way or the other about this. But (laughs) (laughs) when someone says that to me, they become the first person I ask for help for a little bit. (laughs) Because I'm going to weed you out right quick. If you're not available, willing, whatever the case is, I will find out. I'm not joking because I don't have time I do have a list of people I know. They have said it to me and I know that they mean it because they have shown up. I got a list of people that I know if I am in a pinch, like all my main folks have said no. All the people I usually get help from can't. I got the backup list. I do. I've tried to figure out, well, who is going to go on that list? If you say that stuff to me and give me your number and everything, I find out so that I don't have to go through it later. When I actually need you to be the backup, when I really need you to be the backup and you not going to be there. I'm not going to wait around for that time. No, (laughs) I have like one person. I'm always my my first choice because I'm like, listen, I live in an area and I have funds that can allow me to get, say, like Lyft or Uber or whatever. I'm in an advantageous position. But then I have one person who I know 98 percent of the time will help me out. Outside of that, everyone else is a toss up. It depends on so much. It depends on people's schedules. That's the other thing that makes us feel like a burden. Because when people are like, well, how come you can't do it at this time? Because my life does not happen according to your schedule. It doesn't. I have a friend. They're blind and they needed to take their dog to the vet. And so, you know, my friend, they don't drive and texting all these different people. They got to work their life out with somebody else's schedule. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes they ask a certain family member and the person will be like acting all shocked. Like, why is it at that time? Why'd you pick that time? Why couldn't you have done it when I got such and such a day off? It's just like, bro, that's the type of stuff that makes us feel like a burden. Because if I don't live according to your schedule, if I don't live according to the schedule of the available people to help me out, if they're actually available It's a problem. And like, how is that supposed to make us feel? Yeah, like my life and my routines don't matter. They're subject to yours if I want your help. Like if somebody had to go to work and they're like, yo, I need to be to work at eight. You're not going to be like, well, I don't got to be to work until nine. So can you just start later? (laughs) Like you're not going to do that. But when it comes to people with a disability, people always, hey, can you change that? Because it's like, we're secondary. Yeah. How are we supposed to feel when this is the messaging that we're getting? This is one of the reasons that the current area I live in right now, I live within walking distance of pretty much anything I can need. I'm talking about doctor's office, vet clinic, dentist office. I did not want it to be the case that if no driver was available, nobody to drive was available, my ass couldn't get there. I'm sick of that. I got sick of that fucking reason. Mm-hmm. That pissed me off. Or... Have you ever been in a situation where you need a ride back from somewhere? You not at home. You out and can't nobody come and get you. And you just stuck waiting for hours. Helpless. That makes you feel like such shit. I don't even know how to describe it. Just thinking about it right now. Yeah, there were times where, for example, when I used to go to, when I was in college, I was also volunteering at this place. And I would go and volunteer in the morning and then go to school because it was within walking distance. I would go over to the college and I was in downtown Columbus. Everybody knew that it was not necessarily the safest area, but nobody had a qualm with me going, taking paratransit out there, getting dropped off, knowing I was locked outside of the building because I wasn't actually a worker. And I would have to wait until someone came to let me in. I'm like, my Actual fucking safety is at at risk here, but I knew not to ask anybody. It never even occurred to me because I'm like, nobody's going to want to get up and take me at a more reasonable time. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to stand out here and hope nothing happens. 
that understanding that we have, we have to accept that sometimes our safety or the things we need are often treated like somebody is doing us a favor. Yeah. And it's not treated like a priority. It's been proven that people don't want to do something that does not directly benefit them. And as a person with a disability who needs more help than the average bear, you understand that at an early age and you internalize that. And then people say, well, how do you feel? Like Even for me, for example, I used to have so much anxiety about counting change and stuff while I'm in line because I'm like, oh, I'm taking up everyone's time. You know, I'm going too slow and everybody, oh, just, just take your time. I'm like, oh, that sounds great in theory, but in reality, you can feel, at least I could. Oh, I've been kicked out of a line (laughs) because I was taking too long getting my money together as a blind person. See, that's wild. Dude, I don't know. It was a convenience store. The cost was like seven eighty four, and I had the change, and so I was trying to like, so I put a five down, and I was like, oh, this is a one, and I'm like, wait, I'm trying to get two other dollars and trying to find it, and the guy was like, it's okay, it's okay, you can just go, you can just go, and I'm just like, and my brother was with me, and he was like, you were taking a really long time, and like people behind us were getting agitated, and I'm just like, man, how do you not feel like a burden? how do you not feel like a burden? My money not even worth it to you. My money doesn't matter because you would much rather get me out of your face, get me off of your hands, than to give me the time it's going to take for me to count out the change. I'm about to take an hour. No, it's not going to take me another minute to find two more $1 bills. Exactly. It's just instances like that, that non-disabled people do not understand. Senior citizens definitely have to have a lot of experience with this because sometimes they do just move slower. Mm-hmm. Or they are having a tougher time with their eyesight, whatever, or like, you know, their hands. So they struggle with this, too, I'm sure. But I do think people are more forgiving. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. I've seen that one way or the other. I've seen people be nice because it's an old person. And then I've seen people be so fucking, ooh, so rude. Yeah. And then to add to it, a lot of these senior citizens didn't always have disabilities. Then they are dealing with, you know, you don't move as fast. You know, you don't see as well. So there's that. And the disabled person's tendency for a lot of us to over apologize for us taking up space. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I find myself doing that a lot. I'm trying to stop because all the space that I occupy is not taking up from anyone. But it's a thing I have to unlearn. Nobody explicitly says, disabled people, you're taking up space. But they make you feel this way. So you do feel like a burden. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm sorry this is taking so long. I'm sorry I can't read this. And then because you want this other person to understand, like, I understand basically your time is very valuable and I'm wasting it. Yeah, I'm wasting it. And that, man, we encounter that in all sorts of settings. Or even when you ask for services or accommodations and people are just like, well, we don't do that here. We don't, you know, that's what I'm talking about when people treat Mm -hmm. helping you like a fucking favor, like anybody else. Okay. I've talked about it a few times on here about how before I moved into this complex, I asked for my lease in an accessible format. You know, I said, can you send it as a PDF, whatever? And they said no. And I had to call their fucking parent company, which thankfully there is one. And say, hey, man, listen, this is what's going on. Can somebody call them so that I can get what I need? I said, I'm assigned the lease, but I want to know the rules I need to live by. I want to respect the rules just like everybody else and not be at risk of getting kicked out or in danger or whatever because I didn't read. Because I didn't know them. And, And so it got straightened out. Yeah, they sent me a PDF that still wasn't accessible. So I had to run the PDF through some software I had to get a free trial of in order to make it accessible. So my task still wasn't complete until after all of that. But I'm just like, y'all do not understand how much extra effort we have to put into processes that are already frustrating. It's already frustrating to get the paperwork together to move into a new place. That's already Mm -hmm. frustrating when you don't have a disability Or like even with a medical facility and you got to fight with them for accessible paperwork. That shit is already annoying because you got to sit there and fill out paperwork asking you the same question six times and shit. Now you can't read it and people don't want to help you when it's their fucking job. That's what they're at the desk for. Mm -hmm. 
Do you have someone with you that can help? That type of shit right there. Because what you're saying to me is you don't want to help me. I was floored. Speaking of crumbs, I went to get my passport. And um, when I got to the counter with my mom, the lady was still speaking to me. She didn't even start speaking to my mom. As soon as I said, hey, I'm here for blah, blah, blah. The lady stayed talking to me the whole time. The next lady I got handed off to to help was talking to me the whole time and sat down and read the paperwork. And and she was like, are you okay if your mom fills out this paperwork or do you want me to? I was like, oh, girl, I don't (laughs) believe any. I'm just like, y'all are blowing my mind in this place. And that's fucking sad. It was wonderful. But then after I thought about it, I was like, that's sad that no one has ever done that before. A basic courtesy. A basic courtesy where you're like, hey, miss, can you fill this out for her is what the usual thing is. But there's like, are you okay if your mom fills this out or do you want me to? I'm just like. I could cry and Uh kiss you right now. You just don't even know because I don't get treated with this level of autonomy in so many places. I should not have to ask people to do it. Can you speak to me? Can you speak to me? How are we supposed to feel when you have to remind people to treat you like a person? Man, I told you about the time. It was a couple months ago. We're celebrating my nephew's birthday and I was with my sister. I wasn't going to go in because it was a, what do you call it? It's like a Nerf war. So they're shooting Nerf bullets at each other and stuff like, could I have done it? Sure. Would I have been a really great target? Absolutely. Let's be honest. So I was like, I don't feel like being lit up today. So they were like, oh, you can go in. We have an observation room. The whole time, even though I was talking to the person, ended up being two separate people. Nobody really acknowledged me. And I kept talking and I was like, there's a place I can go and sit and And they would not acknowledge me. But when my sister said something, then they were like, you can put her over there. Like I'm a fucking box or something. Oh, yeah. That hurts so much. And I mean, it happens all the time. This is why you have so many disabled people who like if they don't fucking have to leave their house, they won't. Because, you know, when you step out your door and you got some major business to handle, you're going to be dealing with some bullshit. You know it. I already know. This was in a pre-show video we released on social media, but not in an episode. But um, there will be days I'm not even expecting any nonsense. Recently, I went to the local library to print something out before a medical appointment. And I dealt with some major bullshit there. I'm not even about to rehash uh, that shit. Somebody that. Yeah. who should have been competent enough to help decided they didn't want to help me. And I don't know if it was racism, ableism or what, but... um. I had to go through four people before I found somebody who was willing and able to help me. Now, just the library. The library. And a library I've been to before. I have had no issues at that library before. So I'm just like, you whatever, we're just going to the library. Supposed to be one of the most helpful places. Supposed to be. In the community. Yeah, I encountered a grade Mm -hmm. A asshole there and Mm -hmm. um, somebody who wouldn't even speak to me. I had to, ooh, I really had to work for that. He really made, so I'm not even anticipating it all the time. No. I thought if anything, it would have been at the damn doctor's office, not at the fucking library, but that shit woke me up. It doesn't matter whether you think you're going to encounter it or not, because I've had somebody say to me, like, well, maybe it's just the way you perceive it. (laughs) Someone not speaking to me. Someone refusing to speak to me is not a matter of perception. And the fact that I have to keep reminding them. Oh, Lord. Somebody telling me we don't help people with special needs here. That's what that dude at the library said. That's not my perception. My leasing office telling me we don't do that here. That's not my Mm -hmm. perception. It's not. They should be doing their fucking job. And I should not have to beg and plead with you to do your job. And this is the problem that we have feeling like burdens as disabled people. Because when we actually need a favor, we got to incentivize people but we're talking about people having to do their job you already get paid i'm a customer and i gotta beg and plead with you to treat me like every other customer what the hell is that about and then too the framing of assisting people with disabilities as an accommodation or a special needs it's like that's problematic because it's like oh we're going above and beyond No, no, you're not. You're doing what should be in your job description, which is to help the people. It's not a special Mm -hmm. need. It's just a need. Thank you. It's not an accommodation. It's just a need. 
Ain't nobody asking you to revamp the entire medical system right now, you alone. We're asking you to help us fill up paperwork. If somebody said, I need this in Spanish, that's a service that a lot of places provide. And listen, I'm not going to go into that because I don't know enough. But I do, I've seen things where they're like, let us know if you need it in a different language. They ask you that in English, but yeah, yes. They ask you the, <laughs> okay, problematic off the bat, right? <laughs> You're absolutely right. But if you indeed need something in another language, theoretically, you have access to it. But when I'm asking you, hey, can I get assistance? And of course, we're speaking from the standpoint of being blind. What if somebody who say they have other mobility issues and they can't write? So Yeah, or people have reading disabilities and stuff. Reading disability. There's so much more at play. So for you to just say, oh, well, no. And let's be honest. In your everyday average, I don't know, let's use the doctor's office. Unless you work in a like a specialty office where they deal specifically with people with disabilities like a rheumatologist or something right and then you should you should definitely know you need to be on your shit listen i've heard tell that that's not the case but i know some of the most ablest people you'll ever meet are people in medical facilities and no but the people who specialize in working with people with disabilities what you lay listen oh wow (laughs) Of all the motherfuckers who should know better, it should be you. Well, and them but is real hard. You can't educate them. You can't tell you them can't, they wrong. They know they, they know they, they went to school. They went to school. <laughs> They've got degrees. They know. They work with people with disabilities all the time. But all that to say, like, if you're in a freaking, I don't know, a family practitioner's office, let's be fucking real. How many people that's going to come up in that bitch on a daily asking you to help them sign paperwork or fill out paperwork? It's not going to be everybody. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that. Nope. So for y'all be acting like, oh, it's just such a chore. And oh, we just don't have time. Yes, the fuck you do. Yes, you do. You, you sitting there looking to. at your phone anyway. Y'all gossiping shit. I know I've been in a doctor's office. I was just in there not too long ago. Yes, Waiting please. for over a fucking hour for my appointment to start. But that's a whole other situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there. I'm listening to the front desk. People talk about shit. I'm, I learned so much. I'm like, oh, I'm getting down to the way. Oh, I see a hoe. Okay. <laughs> Throw it back. Right. I learned so fucking much. Then I sit in there in the fucking waiting room. Y'all got time. They do. Y'all have time. You making them really earn a fucking money. So now you are a burden. Now you're a burden. It's one of those things that sometimes it is just that person. Sometimes that particular person, the person being discriminatory, they got some personal issues and they happen to bring their asshole with them and wear it around their neck that day. Mm -hmm. I get that. But we deal with it so often. Listen, either everybody is an asshole (laughs) Or it's just the case that mm, I'm going to say most people are ableist in some way. Most people are prejudiced towards disabled people in some way. And they won't say it. Even if it's not They won't say it, but they don't have to. It shows with their actions. When you tell me something like you should have brought somebody here who could help you. Come on. I know I told you about the times when I had to go to Social Security And nobody from the office would help me. So I had to give my fucking social security number to a stranger because they refused to help me. And I'm just hoping because they're like, "Mm, do you have somebody? We don't have time for you. You should have brought somebody. And you know they they lying because in that SSA office, they get paid for drinking coffee. Listen, they don't be doing shit. Shit, you gotta have a whole They be pretending to type on that computer and they ain't changed nothing. They be on TikTok and shit, Instagram. No, and they like, I, you can have an appointment. What the fuck that mean to the SSA? Like, you know, I have a 915. It'd be 405. Yeah, I'm still sitting there. But, you know, they make it seem like, oh, we can't help you. And you need to bring somebody with you. Like, nah, bitch. That's why you showed up to work today, to help people like me. And these people are very comfortable, though, saying no being discriminatory they are so comfortable they don't even think twice about it because they know too like i'm gonna go and i'm gonna report this they know ain't shit about to happen for majority of them they know ain't shit about to happen the only time something is going to happen to that person is if higher up is already looking for a way to get rid of your ass yeah 
And here's my thing with the dude at the library that I encountered. You know, I did call his manager uh, or the library director. Mm-hmm. And I explained to her the situation. And I'm like, look, I'm not looking for nobody to get fired because he's going to be an asshole no matter where he goes. I got a feeling the way he was acting. But I said, you know, there were other people there who were not educated about how to help me and how to direct me. And so the staff there need to be made aware, you know, whether they're new hires or they've been there for years and just aren't aware, whatever the case is. Like, Mm -hmm. I need people to be aware because you can fire people, but like... That's not fixing the problem. That's not fixing the problem because they're going to be at the dentist office when I go there next or whatever <laughs> they got a job at, right? Exactly. Like, if I see you again, I need you to not be the same ableist trash you were last time. Change that. Exactly. People don't even understand, too, that sometimes you can contact management. And listen, the ableism, it don't just come out of nowhere, y'all. It doesn't. Because I talked about this on a previous episode, but... um. That was the episode. I can't remember which one, but I was talking about how when I got my vaccine and the lady wouldn't speak to me. Oh, yes. Asked somebody else who was with me to take my take my sweatshirt off, turn her chair around, whatever. And so I was like, yeah, I got to call the manager. That was the manager. That person being ridiculous. That was the manager. And then, like, I've had to explain to people, I'm like, do you know how much time we would spend if we contacted manager customer support every time we dealt with this shit, it is a fight. And it's my free labor and not just time. This is my emotional labor. This is my, my fucking life labor. that people are thinking they got a chance to opt out of not dealing with me. Mm-hmm. How is that not supposed to impact me? How much of my time and emotional labor and mental energy am I supposed to put into that when like, I don't want to think about how people are fucking me over 24-7. It's re-traumatizing. If I have to sit there and email somebody because this website wasn't accessible, somebody because the paperwork's not accessible and I need it, which if it's some super important shit, I'm already in a back and forth because it's not like you can call and people say yes. Oh, no, no, no. You got to give a whole backstory. So... It's not this easy, like, just send an email or make a phone call and it happens. And, and y'all done. know that shit, non-disabled people. Y'all done sat on hold with companies for eight hours as non-disabled people. We put in at least three times that. I am telling you right now, it is no joke. At least. At least. That's a work day. Yeah. I even want to extend this because I was just thinking. I had a couple of incidents where I felt like a burden in recreational situations. That's actually why I stopped taking Krav Maga the first time. Because at first everyone was real accommodating and working with me and shit like that of how to make Krav Maga really accessible and how to make it work for a blind person. And then I got a new instructor. And I remember we were practicing slipping punches, which is something stupid for blind people because you can't see the punch coming. So you can't move out of its way. So I'm like, why would I practice this if this has no benefit to me? No like real life benefit. And I remember saying to the instructor, so what can I do since I can't see the punch coming? Like, What can I do? And the guy was like, I don't know. And just walked away. Now I'm a paying client here at this gym. And the fact that you didn't even say, well, let me look into it. Or I never thought about it. He just said, I don't know. And walked away. That made me feel so small, so small. And even today, I reached out to another gym where I want to start taking classes. You know, their website's not the most accessible. And he's like, oh, uh, we'll call you back. You know, because I personally, I do always let them know I'm visually impaired. That's another thing I was saying, and I was so proud of myself saying this, but I'm like, it's actually kind of sad, but it's true. I don't like surprising people. So I always let them know, hey, I'm visually impaired. Is that going to be a problem? And the lady was like, no, it's no problem. And I was like, well, you know, trying to sign up on your website, blah, blah, blah. She said, okay, yeah, we'll give you a call back. It's been almost a week. Mm. I'll reach back out to her. But my very first thought was she doesn't actually want me there. Now, is that true? Maybe she forgot and blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to keep it in perspective because life happens. But as a person who's experienced shit like this before. Yeah, we can't let it go. My first thought was she said it was cool for me to start classes here, but maybe she thinks if she doesn't call me back, I'll just forget about it or I'll move on. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to deal with me. Right. There was one time. 
Oh, gosh. If it's not ableism, I don't know what it is. I was trying to sign up for a service. It was medical related. Mm-hmm. And the person was taking down my information and stuff. And then they were telling me information about the appointment. And I said, well, you know, with the paperwork, I am going to need it in a accessible format, like a PDF. Can you email it to me? And they said, no, we don't do that. And I said, OK, well, I, you know, I'm a blind person, so I can't read that. And they said, you know what? We're not taking new patients right now. Wow. Listen, what? Wait. I was just getting information about my appointment and now you're not now? taking new patients? Go on. This you can't make this up. And this person, they didn't miss a beat though. Wow. That was your perception, Raven. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> what the fuck, man? You was gonna wow. take it until you found out I was blind and now, and now oh, we're not sudden, taking a new patient. Within this last nanosecond, we're not <laughs> taking new patients. Fuck out of here. It's too much. I need to read. Go ahead. Yes. Read that. I forgot all about that damn yes. article. <laughs> As all, you know, y'all, we love a source, okay? Even on some opinions, we love a source. We like to find alternate perspectives because it yeah, is yeah, very yeah. easy, especially now. The thing to do is get caught up in your head and, you know, not really step outside of that and see echo chamber. What, what other people think. Mm-hmm. So we found this article called burden versus entitlement. I'm going to link it in the show notes as usual. I'm going to read two paragraphs here. This was written by somebody who is a wheelchair user, by the way. So this is a disabled person. There are those disabled persons who are unforgivingly adamant that the world should be accessible to them at all times, even in extreme cases. Tell me what an extreme case is. While As a society, I believe we should be gradually moving toward universal design where all things are designed as accessible to all people. It's clearly the harsh reality that that's currently not the case. These individuals tend to believe they are crusaders in this push for universal design as they aggressively fight for these changes. While these changes are usually for the better overall, The immediate detriment is also a weight to consider. Sometimes the cost of this change is extreme financially. So what? And it can also be extremely alienating as the disabled population face backlash from instances like these. This aggressive social justice crusade can potentially (laughs) go hand in hand with being seen as a burden. Institutions and individuals alike who deal with these situations can become afraid of dealing with or accommodating disabled people and want to avoid it entirely, as opposed to warmly embracing the morality and practicality of universal design. These situations drive those entities to attain accessibility only to the minimal letter of the law and no further. It perpetuates negative stereotypes, social isolation, inherent bias, and a lack of compassion. How? Um, you know what? No. (laughs) Miss, you got some internalized ableism, as we all do, as Olivia has pointed out. We all do to some extent. But, um, aggressive social justice crusaders? And also, who's to say what's aggressive? That's problematic. You think, Mm -mm. again, it's stemming from don't take up too much space. Yes. That's what that's stemming from. How is it aggressive by saying I can do this on my own or I have the most experience with being blind? Let's talk about airport transportation, right? Getting off the plane and getting to somewhere else. There are blind people who adamantly refuse. I, I don't need help. I don't need a wheelchair. I get that. But is it aggressive for them to be like, I refuse to use a wheelchair by any means necessary? See, I don't think that's what she's talking about. I think she's talking about lawsuits. I think she's talking about lawsuits. I thought she meant on like individual levels. I mean, she didn't specify. But usually when people think, I know that there's an organization of wheelchair users that Mm -hmm. do this. They will all like five of them or 10 of them or whatever go to a coffee shop, let's say, that does not have an accessible entrance. Mm -hmm. They will try to talk to management about getting an accessible entrance. And then when they don't see that change, they launch a lawsuit. And 
there are people who think that this is wrong, especially in the case where it's a mom and pop coffee shop. I was trying to really think of an instance that she might be talking about, you know. So and this is tricky because on the surface, that sounds extreme. But it's not extreme when like people in wheelchairs didn't come out of nowhere. There have been people in wheelchairs for over two centuries. Right. It's just like, why the fuck did you set a place up and not have that in mind? Right. We already have counters at a certain height for people in wheelchairs. Every place don't fucking meet that requirement. But anyway, um, I'm talking about service counters, y'all. Sorry. But I don't know. You know what? You know what else is extreme? Is living your life in a fucking wheelchair and not being able to go in a coffee shop. The thing is, is okay, let's take disability out of it, right? If someone says, and it's a mom and pop cake shop, for example, bakery, this mom and pop cake shop services the public. And then some people go in and they want a wedding cake and they're a same gender couple. And that mom and pop cake shop says, nah, we don't believe in that. And then they bring a lawsuit against that. There are people, people who, who think, think that's, that's aggressive. aggressive. But the thing is, is that when you are open to the public, you don't get to decide. You should be subject to the law of the land and saying, hey, I'm serving people. That's the point of being here. So the reason this lawsuit is at your fucking door at this point is because you you decided to be bigoted toward either same gender couples or in this case, disabled people. And you were like, "Mm, I'm not changing how my stance on that. So then yes, you're subject to getting sued. That's not aggressive, but I can see how people would feel that way because they feel entitled because it's not affecting them or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, but, but she's affected by stuff like you're in a wheelchair. (sighs) There are so many, like she couldn't live in this building I'm at. You can't even get to a goddamn unit without having to go through stairs and ain't no other way to get there. Or even in most houses, even the house that I live in, there's steps, there's steps in the garage, there's steps in the front door, the back door. You can't live in most houses. I love how people will look at one extreme, but not think about how, and this is a person in a wheelchair. I'm like, how do you not grasp the gravity of this? Because you have the mind, the mindset of, well, you can always go somewhere else. Of course we can. But why should you have to Right? like, I mean, it was the why same with black people. Exactly. Yes, we could go somewhere else. We could go to the places where we didn't get discriminated against. Now, that didn't fucking matter because people are always going to come after us no matter where we are at. The fact that that's your answer, though. I mean, and she didn't say that people can go somewhere else, but I think that's an underlying message, right? Because there are plenty of places that are wheelchair accessible. I mean, you got to go around the fucking back Mm -hmm. and find that entrance by the dumpster or whatever the fuck. How is that equal access? Anyway, I love how places will have a big wide entrance with steps up to it and have the wheelchair ramp in the back. And then be like, well, we're complaining or we didn't want it to throw off the aesthetic of the building or all this other nonsense. That's just nonsense. (laughs) Finding these disabled people with these toxic. (sighs) I don't know why I think. It's an unlearning process. Yeah, it is an unlearning. Yeah, you got to. But um, but you have to be aware that you hold these ableist. Views. And I don't think she is. No, because she sounds very conflicted. Aggressive social justice crusaders. And then that last bit about how, wait, what did he say? Talking about how businesses and individuals want to avoid accommodation entirely as opposed to warmly embracing the morality right. and practicality of universal design. Child, no. where are you? No, are you? you are not living in the U.S., are you, baby? That because like some stuff that people say about racism. Like if we just stop bringing oh, it up, people will be so more right. inclusive. That's not how that works. Or that's not how that's ever worked. People are going to incorporate universal design out of the kindness of their hearts. Like, no, they don't. Because you went further don't. down and talked about how it's often uh, financially extremely costly, which so which is it? I'm calling bullshit on these people because they can spend an extreme amount of money elsewhere and then not on universal design. It's on what they deem worth the money, worth the time. And let's be honest, in this society, people with disabilities, as progressive as our disabled community is, the society at large does not see people with disabilities as worth 
the fucking time or financial expense to make things universal. Yeah, they don't think our dollar, they don't think our dollar is equal to everybody else's. They don't view us as contributing members of to society when you talk about things like employment or, or even volunteering. Volunteering, child. Yeah, so no. That's silly. It's not going to happen. And I love how she said she believes that society should gradually move toward universal design. Baby. Listen, I know it's going to be gradual, but I believe it should be tomorrow. With all the advancements that we have now and we still have as much pushback as we do, it's going to be very fucking gradual because society, again, as we've said at time and time. Oh, it moves at a crawl. Wait, we just said it in the previous episode. It does. It moves at a crawl. And at the end of it all, you're relying on people to see themselves in us, the disabled community. And they don't. They are afraid of us. They're terrified. It's wild because most likely disability is coming to get you. I'm just joking. (laughs) I'm just joking in that not joking kind of way. But also, yes. (laughs) But disability is coming to get you. At some point. the fact that there is such disrespect for making public places accessible, making services accessible, being Attitude. more patient, yes, having more welcoming attitudes mm-hmm. toward people with disabilities and disability in general. The fact that that's just not the case blows my mind because anyone can become disabled at any moment. Disability does not discriminate while everybody else is out here discriminated against disability. Mm-hmm. But I think this is also what makes people afraid. They don't want to have to think about it. They don't want to have to see themselves in us. They don't want to have to think about how this could happen to them or to anyone. Mm-hmm. I think people fear death and disability in equal measure because they don't see how you could live as fulfilled a life as a person with a disability. Yeah, um, they just think their life is over if they get they a disability. Think, yeah, because they know. That society at large sees people as a disability with a burden. So how could you not internalize that? Yeah, we could go on forever with stories and stuff. But this was important for us to talk about and break down because the fact that people don't get it when they turn around, some of them, most of them have done to us the things that make us feel like we're a burden. Mm -hmm. They have had that attitude toward us that's just like, Oh, boy. Okay, I'll do it for you. Or yes, they'll agree to help us so reluctantly. Mm -hmm. They help us because they feel obligated to and not because they actually want to. Yeah. And that makes me feel like crap that you could be my family member or close friend. And wanting to help me is not a thing you want to do, but you just you're obligated to do it. And so... You don't want to seem like an asshole when like, listen, you when you have that type of uh, approach, I'm still thinking about you as an asshole. And I would almost rather you say no. It's terrible if that's the only person you've got. And I understand there are lots of disabled people in that situation where the person who is reluctantly helping them is the only person they have. Mm -hmm. And so they are not in my position. I consider myself very privileged. I am in a position where if somebody says no to me or reluctantly agrees to help me, I can just be like, listen, you don't have to. And I've I've got other people who will think nothing of it to be Mm -hmm. like, oh, what time you need? Okay, I'm there. Right. I'll just never forget. I have a friend who, um, when the pandemic hit, she called me. I didn't even call her. She called me and she said, if you get COVID, I will give you a ride to the hospital. I will take you to get a test. I will watch your dog, whatever you need. Please tell me if anything happens. That's beautiful. A lot of the ride shares said expressly, we do not transport people who are experiencing COVID symptoms, at least here. And I'm assuming that was probably nationwide. So what then are you to do? No, well, you can just call an ambulance. Oh, but did you forget that most ambulance rides at the least are like $1,200? Well, you could just charge it to your insurance. That's a whole other monster. Oh, you hope you got insurance, huh? <laughs> That's you think insurance is going to cover it? Different monster, because you're not even considering all the other care and things that goes into that. So that in and of itself 
is like, okay, well, who, who do I call? Do I have anyone? Am I in the city alone? Or do I just take this hit of thousands upon thousands of dollars that I don't have, or that I, I would still be responsible for even after insurance? So all of that, and I do, I do think people just don't, they don't have the frame of reference and more mm-hmm. to the point, they're not, they're not that good at empathy and walking in other people's shoes and seeing like, oh, okay, I could see how you would feel. I think that's beautiful that your friend said she preempted. So now, you know, hopefully you didn't need her in that regard. I but- did not, but I appreciate that when all this shit dropped, she was like thought of me and exactly i mean she was the only one who extended that invitation i mean not that other people wouldn't have helped me i don't know fortunately i did not have to find out you know but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to know that i have at least one person like that in my life i do feel incredibly lucky so i mean man for all the assholes it's a lot of assholes out here it's a lot of people they thick on a moving and not thinking about the moves they making i appreciate every graciously helpful person in my life all the more because I encounter people who are just so trash so -hmm. frequently. As a disabled person, you get to see some of the worst of society. You really do. do. And for this woman to say that basically if we just just wait, society will inevitably do the right thing, essentially, and include and incorporate and warmly embrace people with disabilities and universality. No, we have had disabled presidents and still ain't made the progress that we need to make. So that's all cute and whatnot. (laughs) Uh, Happy, happy dreams. But let's be real. We need to make progress by setting an example and being the nice, being nice, being non-aggressive and making people you know you gotta make them feel comfortable with you and i said in my video that i released a couple weeks ago stop that shit Mm -hmm. if they like you because you make them feel comfortable with you because you don't don't make them feel if you're not making them examine their prejudices and discriminations and they like you for not pointing that out for not being your authentic self you're not so upset about it you don't let it get to you like the other disabled people do Fuck them. Those people are not You're not here for me. You're not trying to help they, me. You are furthering their agenda of not giving a fuck. And as long as you are furthering their agenda by saying, yeah, no, I think everything's fine the way it is. And disabled people are just making a big deal out of nothing. They like you because you are not problematic and you're coming into their comfort zone by diminishing yourself and your reality. But hey, if that's how you want to move, don't be mad. When you actually need them to see you for who you are or understand your reality, and then they run you through. Because at the end of the day, they never had you in mind anyway. You just furthered their agenda. This is Intersectional Insights. If you like our content, leave us a rating or review to help the podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you have any comments, questions, or topic suggestions, you can email us, intersectionalinsights at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening.